Blog Talk Radio. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. We have ignition. Strap in. We know the NCAA tournament got got canceled, but we're here live and coming to you starting in April. First chance to do a show in April, we're here. So I hope everybody's doing well. Jonathan will be with us tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of things, whatever's on your mind, really. The coronavirus, how are you holding up during a quarantine? Uh, what What are you doing? How are you staying safe? Are you are you doing the social distancing that's being mandated? Because if you're not, it's just going to add time to the clock. We'll talk about how New York's doing. We'll talk about the cases going on across the country, and we're going to see how this should impact, or if it will impact, college football and NFL football. I see a caller in the studio already, several. If you want to talk, press number one, and I'll get you on. So that's all you have to do. If you want to talk, press number one, and we'll get you on live with us. It's been a while since we've done our show here. It, it's um, a lot is going on since since last year, but I've I've had the desire to come back, get the ball rolling again, and let's let's talk to the nine seven three area code. Welcome. Good evening, sir. Yes, who is this? Uh, this is uh, Lou from New Jersey, or as I call it, the middle of nowhere. Lou. Yes. Yeah, tell us, how's it, tell us what's on your mind tonight, buddy. Well, this coronavirus, you know, has been a you – know, as a sports fan, it has really, you know, uh, dragged – I think dragged me down. I could speak for a lot of people that I know. You know, we're all missing, you know, our events. This was supposed to be the weekend of the Final Four. Uh, next weekend was supposed to be the uh, Masters and the start of the NHL playoffs. So, it does put us, you know, in a very sad state right now. Yeah, Everyone it really does. Man. Yeah, and it's you know, at first I was hoping, you know, you never know what we're getting. I didn't, I didn't really take this right. serious at first. I, I thought it was something Nobody that would blow did. over soon. I, I never, I never once thought about canceling the NCAA tournament. Never once thought about the NBA being canceled. Never once. Never once even thinking that the college and NFL seasons 
could be delayed, could be canceled. Who knows right now? I guess that's what well, we're all waiting on. Well, I don't on think is. that's going to be too necessary because I think by the time we get to like late May and June, I think we'll see the. I think the worst will be past us uh, before that. So I don't think football is going to be in any immediate danger. And if the uh, NHL and NBA do come back, I think they'll go straight to the playoffs. I think it'll have to be. I think it be should be rather condensed um, with this, but I think they eventually they will be able to play. Now, if baseball doesn't get act together by about uh, May or um, June, I think they're a lot of trouble. If they don't play half a season, I say dump it. Because playing under uh, 60 games, uh, it's not much of a season. Yeah, I agree. So tell us about New Jersey right now. I know there's a lot of corona cases going around. Hopefully you're negative. Second, uh, second only to New again? York. We're in, you know, the... We're the um, ugly stepchild, of course, of New York City, of course. But um, West Orange, which is only about five minutes from my house, uh, is loaded with cases, or they were at least a week ago. And, you know, we're under the quarantine watch. Everything here in this area is closed down, much to my dismay. Well, uh, delivery, of course, you can get, but you can't, you know, go in. Although our supermarkets yeah. are open. Supermarkets, convenience stores, they're, they're okay. They're open. When are you hearing that this thing's going to come to an apex and start going down? Have you heard anything from any local experts? Well, it depends on where you are. Uh, the New York City area says it should be the apex in about, let's see, where are we now, the 12th? I mean, we're the 5th, right? Oh. We're in the 5th now, correct? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. between uh, the 11th and maybe like the 13th or 14th, I think we'll reach the uh, apex in this uh, area. Well, I sure hope so. I'm ready. But but then you have to worry about the rest of the country that hasn't really stormed out yet. Like, is this thing going to spread from New York all the way across the globe? And I don't think we'll see another New York, but there's some possibilities with Houston, Los Angeles, even places in Alabama that we're talking. LA is not cooperating because, you know, those nitwits were on the beach yesterday anyway – and they're not cooperating. What do you want? They're 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 a bit more wackier in the West Coast than we are. So, we take things a little bit more sen- uh, more more serious than the West Coast. Like, eh, yeah, but it's, it's nice let's go do some surfing. I don't care about no stinking virus. You know, that's yeah. that, that's that West Coast yeah. attitude. Yeah. Well, California right now has fifteen thousand thirty-seven cases, uh, twenty-eight new deaths, up to three hundred forty-seven. Yeah. So, once it starts going. It's, it's going to go. New York's already up to 123,000 cases. Um, yeah, the wor- this, that's, they, that's really they unheard said of. This should be the worst week. Uh, the governor of New York said that this could be, um, I hate to use the expression hell, but a hell of a week uh, coming. Yeah, everybody's buckled in, hopefully, around the country. I know I am in, in Atlanta, Georgia right now. So people seem to be Atlanta. taking it serious, but. Yeah, people seem to be taking it serious, but um, there's still some people out and about, and I don't think everything they're doing is necessity. There is one in every crowd. It's uh, Brian, right? Yeah. 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 There's one one in every crowd, Brian. I mean, because not everybody, you know, I mean, they want to take it seriously, but then they was like, oh, do I really care? I mean, look, I only live once. I might as well live dangerously. If I get it, I get it. Big deal. Well, you shouldn't think like that, first of all. Yeah, this doesn't yeah, just affect old people either. There's always someone who's got to be a daredevil. 
Yeah, and this doesn't affect just old people. It's looking like it's affecting no. everyone. So we'll see. Well, and thank you for your call, man. Is bad enough. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank when you for I calling. That, in. Like, like I was con- uh, contained for just. Yeah, thank you. Was having a little trouble connecting there, but um, thank you for the call. Stay safe in New Jersey. But we have a a lot of people we want to hear from tonight. If you'd like to get in and talk to us. I'm about to read the call-out number for everyone, so please make sure you call, get in, let us know how you're cooping with being cooped up, or how you're coping with being cooped up, excuse me. Call in number 516-453-9923, 516-453-9923. Yeah, and like I was saying, this is kind of a comeback. It's April, this time of, of year where we should be playing the Final Four in basketball should have just taken place. The national championship should be tomorrow night. The NBA playoffs would be heating up, getting ready to, to get into motion and get us all the way through the summer and the Masters uh, next weekend. So we're missing a lot of just sports, and our economy is not doing better itself. So going down right now, there's so many people – without work right now. You, you think about it and your prayers go out to everyone that's, that's lost their job, that's lost their income, that's lost a family member. And it kind of makes you ref- reflect and say, well, what's important in your life right now? When everything, when the crap hits the fan, what's your source really? What do you, is it your family? Is that where you get your strength? Is it your religion? Or your faith, excuse me, I hate that word religion, your faith, is that something that gets you through? Because there's a lot of people right now struggling without income, without work, uh, maybe a loved one's sick in the hospital and they can't go visit. I know a lot of people, their parents are in nursing homes and they can't go see. So let's bring in our, our famous co-host here, Jonathan, in Florida, in Tallahassee. Jonathan, welcome, buddy. Hey, Brian. Um, I'm actually uh, down in Fort Myers because they don't want anybody under the age of uh, 30 in Tallahassee right now. Why is that? Because we carry diseases and don't know it. That's, that, that essentially <laughs> the explanation was is that most of us, are would, if we're going to have it, we're asymptomatic um, or we're too stupid not to you know, go out in public when we're sick, which I will definitely cop to the fact that like half the people right in my age bracket are too stupid not to stay home. Um, so they, they told us all to get out of Dodge, and I weighed the pros and the cons of staying in Tallahassee and it being a, a desolate town um, or uh, kind of just flopping around the state a little bit, seeing family and friends, self-isolating for two weeks at a time in different parts of the state. And, Going down to Fort Myers and self-isolating for what I believe is my third week now has a has been a a solid yeah. decision. Yeah, this this whole quarantine thing is it's probably driving. You'll have you'll see the divorce rate go up in the world. You'll see mm-hmm. you'll see um, babies being born in about nine months, eight months, mm-hmm. nine months. But there's a lot going on. But let me let's clear people up here and. Just to educate people. I'm sure you already know it's all you talk about, but like you said, walking around asymptomatic, 50% of the people that, that get this virus will never even know. They will never yes. even know. 
they will never have one symptom. There's about 40% of the people that get it are going to feel a little bad. You know, they're going to feel terrible, maybe for a couple of days, flu symptoms. And then there's a 10% of people that may be hospitalized and about, what, 4% of those 10 will be on a ventilator maybe. So it's not going to kill our country, but it sure is making a den. It's scaring the hell out of a lot of people right now because it's it's fear of the unknown and it's invisible. It's not like in a war where you see your enemy right in front of you. This is mm. this is a war, Jonathan, where you don't where I think half the battle is mental where you have to mentally get up and not be afraid and but you have to be smart, but you you just can't live in fear all the time of what the worst case scenario is. You just have to keep living until if you get it just, I mean, you're, you're at home anyway, so if you get it, stay at home until you need to go to the hospital. Just because you feel bad doesn't mean you go to the hospital. If you can't breathe, mm-hmm. that means you go to the hospital, right? Am I saying anything wrong here? Tell me if I am. I'm not a doctor. Um, no. no uh, well, so from my experience in dealing with uh, this firsthand, um, so my Cousin got it at Colorado University from a staffer there, which good good on you, uh, Colorado. Um, and they said that they would not test him until he had to be hospitalized. And the only reason you'd have to be hospitalized is a shortness of breath. But the uh, the common symptom, because I've seen this in a case where somebody got it back in, oh late January, early February, young guy, I mean, you know, well-built, well-built man. And uh, the commonality between these and what I've seen is the link, if you will, if you're trying to separate this from the regular flu, is that uh, they were getting a fever that would hover around 103 and peak at 104 that would last anywhere from 48 to 72 hours. Uh, really didn't break it. The fever just went away on its own. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that has been the tough one. Now, my buddy who had it in Florida, back, like I said, right around the Super Bowl, uh, when he went to the doctor, they gave him antibiotics, and they did not tell him what they were for because I guess they didn't even know what it was for. But it was it was about a week of dealing with the symptoms before he was able to spend a week uh, recovering from it because if anybody's actually had the flu, you realize what it does to you physically. It's very tough, and this thing is a little bit of a yeah. punched-up version of the flu. Well, I had it. I, I really believe, Jonathan, I had it back in the middle of February, but nobody knew about it really or you never thought mm-hmm. about it. So if I would have, if I was as sick now as I was back then, I would probably go to the hospital. That's, mm-hmm. you know, but – I was doing a lot of traveling for work. I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. Florida, going ever, everywhere I could. But it hit me for a couple of days where I was, I was I had a bad fever, not terrible. I don't think it got to maybe at times 103. But one symptom that that stayed around with me after the fever was just the coughing and the mm. kind of tightness of your chest. You know, that's that's what stayed with me for about a month. Okay. So, I really, I really think, and my son was hospitalized back in February for pneumonia, double pneumonia. Oh, and who knows, who's, who's the, to say that he didn't have it in a way? Like, that's why I'm saying we, it was here before we knew it was here. Nobody, 
nobody really knew it. From what you're reading on the news now, people, like you said, January and February, even possibly December, have mm-hmm. symptoms of this. So, so it's been spreading around for a few months here in the United States. But again, 50% of people do not even know they have it. So yeah, yeah have they, they have. They have found that even people uh, north of 40 years old can be asymptomatic now, and that's somewhat terrifying to think about it if you're one of those older people. But at the same time, I guess it would be somewhat comforting because that whole, well, if you catch it, there's a 20% chance you're going to die is actually lowered at this point because there are people who caught it and didn't know they had it. So that I mean that that's the uh, you know you're looking for silver linings in all this and you know one of the silver linings is anybody can be asymptomatic. Another silver lining is that for the most part, you know we know how to handle this physically and can. Um, it's 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 not until it turns into pneumonia is when we're struggling. And look, regular pneumonia, right? You know I mean that 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 that's a brutal thing that kills people left and right all the time. So, you know, as anything with any of these viruses, you know, take your zinc, get get yourself some vitamin C, get outside and get some vitamin D. You need to have as many, you know, go eat some blueberries, things like antioxidants, things like that. Get as many good blood cells fighting in your system for when that thing tries to come invade it. That's a good point. Get ready before it attacks you. That way it doesn't hurt you as bad. But, uh, but do you know anyone that's passed away? have any friends, any relatives that's passed away from this? Because I do not know one person I know of no one that's ever tested positive for this. So I've been waiting to hear, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. nobody I know gets it. But, I mean, even at work, we thought someone may have had it, but they didn't. So I still don't know anyone that's gotten this thing. But I can tell you this, thank um, God I- I'm not living in New York right now. Mm. You're, you're not kidding. Um, I know four people at this point that have had it without getting tested for it were pretty much told, look, you got it, but, again, if you don't, you know, if you, if you, if you can breathe, stay home, um, we're not going to test you because we're short on tests, whatever that means. Um, so, uh, but outside of uh, knowing people who have passed from it, no, actually, I mean, Tom Dempsey passing away from it last night was the first, at, you know, person that I knew of that had passed uh, from the coronavirus. Off Sears? Uh, the Saints kicker. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking someone else. Oh, yeah, I heard about mm. that. So it was from the coronavirus? Yeah, he was 73. He was living in a nursing home or a retirement home in, uh, in New Orleans, and they say that he succumbed to it last night. Um, you know, and... and, yeah, and nursing homes. Yeah, I, I want to make a point about that. Um, look, obviously it's slamming the nursing homes, retirement homes, the long-term rehab facility places where diseases kind of run rampant anyways. And the, to be completely honest with you, the the life expectancy, once you get in one of those buildings, kind of gets really short. I, look, I, I, I hate the fact that certain people are expiring early if you will. But 73 years old is a pretty good long life. I, I do have to hat tip somebody who can make it through almost three quarters of a century. And, and yes, you can feel sad, but I don't know if I agree with uh, some of the measures we have taken as a nation 
um, in a complete shutdown type of manner and economic, creating an economic recession um, for Depression. people who may have only had five, like, five, five years of the most left. That's just, uh, and I get it. I'm young. Um, we're selfish, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's just the way I look at it. And, you know, well, you're a long way from well, 73, my friend, and I'm not. So I'm I'm 30 years away from that. But that's still a long time. I mean, 30 mm-hmm. years is a long time. But but you know, this is I'm glad you brought up our economy um because people like what you just said right there. I could I could easily say and turn it on you and say, "Jonathan, you have no regards for people's lives." But I know you do because I know who you are. Well, you know who mm. I am, and I care. But there is a truth to this. If if this economy stays shut down past April 30th, we're done. I'm just telling you. I mean, I just don't think it's going to take so long to recover that mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. just don't understand. Even just think, unemployment rate's at four and a half percent right now. I know this is a a number I'm going to throw out at you. For every one percent unemployment rises, forty thousand people die. I mean, it's not from the coronavirus. It's from depression, drinking, suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many there's so many things that unemployment causes. So many bad things. Mm-hmm. And right now, Jonathan, there's a lot of people out of work. But I don't think Trump's going to let it go past April 30th. I think by then we should have medicine for this, and they've already mm-hmm. they already know what works. They don't have a vaccine yet, but we know they're not going to have a vaccine. But what do you say to that? The people that are telling you, "Hey, Jonathan, you're insensitive. Every life matters." What do you? And I agree in a way. Every life does matter. But at what point do you have to put the put the all the people in the war, all the people in our country? You have to count them. How many people are going to be negatively impacted? A hundred percent. How many people are going to die? One uh, percent. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. What do you think Trump will do? Um, well, I will say that I would love to get the the mortality rate that is going on right now compared to what it would be what it was last year. Because the conversation I had with somebody was, I wonder how many less deaths there are by DUI um, right now than there were last year, and and are we actually offsetting um, deaths in a way in which you know like you know instead of people dying from a DUI crash, they're dying from a coronavirus instead, and. Is the number actually the same? I'm intrigued uh, in some sort of a study of that sort once we get a little further down the road and get some better uh, some better numbers. Um, do I think the president's going to try and keep the economy uh, uh, in, a, in a positive manner? Yeah, it's an election year, uh, and presidents, well, you know, they don't get reelected if the economy's struggling. Think of a, a George H.W. Bush who only got one term because, as uh, Mr. Carville said, it's the economy, stupid. So uh, Trump needs this economy to kind of kick it around. He needs the stock market to to have a major jump, or else uh, there's a good chance he may get elected. He may get uh, voted out, uh, and we will see a uh, President Joe Biden. Um, and, I, and I do want to say that in the last 18 months since I've become a university student at a Florida State University, and obviously I've gone through some some things in my personal life. Um, I don't think every life matters as much anymore. I, I, I'm, I, I'm fairly certain in that there's about 2 billion extra people on this planet uh, that 
it, it would probably be a good idea to get rid of. Um, I think the coronavirus would – we wouldn't see diseases like the coronavirus with, you know, SARS and MERS and e- Ebola spread and things like that if we were able to reduce the population numbers on this planet. It would also lower the temperature of the planet, and we would fix our global warming crisis because we would be using less cars because there's less people who drive cars. That's a simple solution and how to fix a lot of these problems, but nobody wants to do it, but it makes the most sense because viruses like this – kill a lot of people in highly densely populated areas. That's why it's killing a bunch of people in New York and not in, I don't know, Tallahassee. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's no room to move in New York. So our prayers mm. are with them. And, uh, you know, every life every life matters to, I mean, and, and I know it matters to you, and I know what you're saying. I know what you're, what you're talking about. You're talking about people are going to die anyway in life. It's a Mm. You're going to die, Jonathan. I don't know when I'm going to die. We're all going to die. We know that for sure. So um, people die every day from DUIs. And I, I think the, you know, crime rates are not really down like people are talking about. It's just they're going unreported mm. because cops are not responding. Mm. to. If, unless you're doing a murder or something like that, you're not going to jail. I mean, they're right. not putting people in jail. They're not even arresting them right now. But Let's let's talk about let's look into the future a little bit. The NBA's been canceled. I don't I don't think it's coming back. I, I think the NBA season is over. I could be wrong. Um, let's look mm-hmm. a little further down the road, Jonathan. Baseball we know has been postponed. College mm-hmm. football and NFL. Mm-hmm. Will we mm-hmm. be watching these three sports this year? Um. Well, so. I, I agree with you. I do think the NBA is parking it for the rest of the year. I honestly think they're happy to quit just for the sake of it because their players actually want to get paid to not play. Um, the NHL, I know, believes that they will be back no later than June 30th. So that's a good sign for everybody else because if college football people are to be uh, believed, they say they need 60 days uh, to get ready for the season. And if the NHL is back by, let's say, I don't know, uh, June 21st, you got 60 days. Because the NHL comes back, college football comes back, you're good to go. You get your 60-day season starts off the hitch. I do believe the NFL will start on time. Well, so that's a whole other thing. Now, I do believe the NFL will start on time. I do believe the NFL may not have fans at preseason games. I do believe that the first game of the – I believe that week one of the NFL season, we will have fans in the stands somewhere. Um, I believe that. Uh, college football, uh, I don't think they'd play it if they couldn't put fans in the stands, and I mean that. I, I think they would not play the sport if they couldn't have fans. Well, um, think of the TV media. Think of the media. I mean, think of the money. Think of money. And we know the NCAA tournament is the only money maker for the NCAA. But think about if college football gets canceled, Jonathan, <laughs> it funds every sport. In school, yes. every every sport just about loses money. College football is yes. king. So, so would you rather watch college football with nobody in the crowd? You listen to to Gary Danielson or whoever, or would you rather not watch it at all? Like, there's some people that's like cancel it. If I can't go to the games, cancel it. I'm from one of the. I'm from the point. I just want to watch football. Why do you think? 
why do you think there would be fans in college football, or they wouldn't have it? Why do you think they wouldn't have college football if the fans couldn't come? Because uh, part of the point of, a co- of the college games is the fan atmosphere that comes along with it, and those colleges make a mm. lot of money off of those games by getting people in the stands. Oh, yeah. And that's why I believe that the idea that was bandied about about them postponing the season to uh, to next spring um, is an option that they're seriously consider, considering because they think that by next spring they will be able to have uh, fans in the stands again and play and everything's going to be normal and all that good stuff. Even though viruses like this are so much cyclical and it may be three years before it shows up again or it may show up again this fall. Who knows? Anywho. Um, so, you know, I think college football is tr- wants to try and maximize their dollars at this point because they lost March Madness. And in losing March Madness, there were hundreds of millions of dollars that disappeared. Billions. Um, billions. A billion at least disappeared. Uh, so, you know, not to mention that, like, you know, the best basketball team of my lifetime uh, for the school that I go to, who I had tickets to go see in Tampa in round one, um, you know, didn't play. So, yeah, that that, that, that sucked. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, they want to try and maximize dollars because even the college baseball coaches are telling people right now that they need as much money as they can get because, A, there's now a scholarship crunch because spring, uh, spring athletes got an extra year of eligibility. Um, so there's a, a, a crunch has been created, but the seniors aren't counting towards the scholarship amount, but they're still getting paid to be in school. So, there's that financial, you know, burden there, um, you know, and, and, and there's already concern about having to lose other non-revenue sports. I know Creighton has already disbanded uh, their wrestling team. So we'll, you know, we're going to see more of these teams uh, go away uh, in, in the near future. And I think if, if this upcoming season gets canceled, I think we see a realignment. And I know everybody hates that, except for me, because it's a realignment, realignment of, anticipating of, of the conferences. What do you mean? Okay. Um, so do you think – so you're hearing it's a possibility if they delayed the college football season until the spring? Imagine how hot yes. that would be, Then those players playing, you know, like April, May, and June. Man, they'd probably die of heat exhaustion at that point. Uh, but well, it's still hot I mean, in September and even October. Right. Like, how different is football in April compared to football in September if it's uh, Florida? Not it's at all. Cool, it's it's cool terrible it. no matter what. Yeah. Mm. April's a really dry month for Florida. September, at least, there's some moisture, as we have found out with hurricanes and all that fun stuff. Um, so, like, April and September, are there, I don't think there would be a whole lot of a difference in, in the playing. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of moving parts here right now. What we need is we need one of the major sports to come back. I don't think we're going to see Major League Baseball this year. I think the agreement that they signed the players and what they told the players, you can't sue for your salaries if we don't play this year, was the flag saying, hey, guys, we're just going to punt. We'll see you in 2021. Um, I believe the NBA will not be back until 2021. I don't think they're going to start their season on time because I don't think the players want to. A, the players want, like, a 50-game schedule. Everybody knows that. Um, and B, they want to get paid. That, the NBA players are the laziest athletes of the, of the major American yeah. sports. I mean, they are they by are. far the laziest. Um, they created the whole, we're going to take a night off to rest. 
I mean, think about that for a second. NHL players will play back-to-back. Those guys play a sport where you hit each other with both people skating north of 20 miles an hour. Just want to put that out there. Anyway, so um, if the NHL is back in June for their playoffs, which would encompass all of North America because Canada has to be involved in that, not including Mexico because they don't really count, um, then, you know, I think college football is on time. I think the NFL is on time. I think everybody's happy. Um, Roger Goodell doesn't really care if we're in the stadium or not. All he cares about is, is the TV contract. That's why the NFL draft is progressing the way it is. Which, by the way, thank you, Roger Goodell, for not you know bending thank to you. all the you know all, all the whiny asses and giving us the NFL draft because we all need this. A lot of people want doom and gloom for it's like they get off on the worst case scenario of everything, and they're putting Goodell hmm. in. A, and pressure, that's just like the conferences. All it took was one to cancel, pull out of the tournament, and then they all started following two. Um, mm-hmm. But, Goodell, we need we need as a country – in fact, 9-11 was horrible. And, yes. you know, we took a week off of football, and the world stopped. And then mm-hmm. we needed that, that football game, even though my Auburn Tigers didn't need it that weekend at Syracuse, just – kicked them in the teeth mm. in New York, actually. Mm. Uh, mm. But the country needed to heal, and sports is a way to help people escape reality. The kind of mm-hmm. – I mean, people are going crazy right now, man. I mean, people don't talk about people that are depressed. They don't have any future right now. They, they just don't know how to deal with stuff like this. Put some sports on. What's, what's the draft going to be? How long is that, like four days? Is that what we're going to happen? Uh, four days or three days? Three, I believe it's Thursday night, Friday, Saturday. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm excited. In all is honesty, uh, no, that is the 23rd to the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, in all honesty, he could do one round a night and we'd all be really happy. I mean, think about all the people that would tune in to watch the sixth oh, round yes. of the draft this year. I would. I'd Everybody be, would care. I'd be pumped to watch it. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, you know, you, know we, you and I, you and I watch the first couple, and we pay a, a big attention to it, and we kind of watch three, three through seven, or how many there are, three through eight. But I would pay attention to every pick. I didn't care if you came from a junior college; I'd be happy, you know. Like yeah, but but we need it back. But but I think the sign of this draft taking place is a good sign that the NFL is going to play. Now, yeah. if the NFL plays, does that mean college will play? I mean, that's just another um, thing. I, I mean, they're not so. the same. No, but but college takes a lot of their cues. Well, it's funny. The NFL usually take the usually takes their cues from college, and that that's more to do with rule changes. But uh, and and obviously playing style, as we've seen over the past you know ten years, the evolution of the NFL offense and the NFL quarterback. Um, so I, I think this time college would take the cue from the NFL. And if the NFL says, hey, we're playing, like we're playing preseason games, you guys should probably figure it out. I think the colleges would then figure it out. I mean, I'll, 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 let, I'll tell you this right now. I'll be able to let you know probably on right around May 1st whether or not the season's truly going to be delayed or not because summer semester for universities is split into A, B, and C. They canceled summer semester A and B. 
Summer semester C starts on June 22nd. That's essentially the cutoff date for the season starting on time. So if that semester, if that summer C semester doesn't get canceled, you will have college football in the fall, barring something catastrophic in, in the meantime. Yeah. So, but my question to you is this: If what is it hydro? What is that called? The medicine, the malaria drug, hydro. Uh, oh, I can't pronounce it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. If that is actually a treatment for it, it makes people better, and we have enough to give everybody in the United States that, would you feel comfortable for them opening up the board, opening it up April 30th, our economy? If you're healthy or not, if you're sick, you stay home and get better. But if you're not affected by this, here's your medicine. Now go. Go to work. Um, do you feel comfortable doing that? Um, sure. I mean, look, man, this, I'm comfortable going out in public regardless. If this thing's going to get me, it's going to get me, right? We all have a, you know, whatever theory you subscribe to, whether you believe God is coming for you or if we have a certain number of heartbeats or if life is just random chance. Like, if this thing is going to come get me, it's going to come get me. I'm not that worried about it right now. Um, you know, if I'm going to catch it, it's from somebody else. And if somebody else is sick and run around in public, I'm beat your ass. I'm, I'll be completely honest with you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to whoop you. Like, go home. What are you doing? Stop trying to kill people. Like seriously, I mean, you, I, that, that, that's where that, you know, and I think that's the problem is not enough people are looking at those people and getting after them. They're mad at people like me who are like, I'm going to go walk around the block tonight. I've been in the house for two weeks straight. I need to exercise because I can definitely tell that I'm putting on some weight, fat ass. Like, let me go, let me go move around some, and people want to get mad at me, and it's like, you can't get mad at me. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm not the sick person that has been followed the publics by everybody. And that's my bit. And that's part of my thing is I'm wondering, and I don't think anybody was this smart and thought, thought it this far out ahead. But think of everything we've closed. And I mean everything, right? Where, where, are, the, where are the places you can actually walk in now? A gas station, a hospital, a grocery store. A grocery store. So they have funneled everybody to the same places. Which means that they have funneled everybody to a virus hotbed every day, and it's like, y'all going to get sick. That's just a fact of life. You know, so, I mean, yeah, look, the fear-mongering is, is, is making me nervous. This fear-mongering thing is starting to bother me. Um, find people that are sick. Beat their ass if they leave their house. Otherwise, be normal. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, Kentucky, I think, handled it correctly. They had the one guy who tested positive, and they told him, hey, if you leave your house, we're going to shoot you. And he's like, no, you won't. And he left his house, and he came back. And when he came back, the cops were there waiting for him. And they said, leave your house again. And he, and he sat there and went, they won't be there in the morning. And he walks out of his house in the morning, and the, the cops are sitting there with their guns drawn. He went back in the house, didn't leave. Like, that's how we need to react right now. Stop, stop, stop trying to shut everything down. Find the people who are sick and barricade them in their homes for two weeks. Yeah, Kentucky's done well, only 955 cases. That's not too bad. Um, but, I mean, here's Rural the deal. Area. This is my biggest problem with this whole thing. This is my problem. You can't go to the store and buy toilet paper because idiots nope. have gone in and hoarded it. Um, yep. You can't. It took me a while to find milk, bread. 
That kills me. Now you go to Amazon and try to find toilet paper. Guess what? You can't because people were on Amazon trying to sell a, six rolls of toilet paper for a hundred bucks, and idiots were paying for it. Ridiculous. So I don't know. I didn't know the coronavirus came with diarrhea or, or something like that, but I guess people expect to be at home for two years wiping their butt with the toilet paper they bought while they're keeping older people and people that need it away from it. So that's – sorry, I had to get that in there. Oh, no, Why no, you're perfectly fine. By, by the way, if you live on a well system and you know, you know who you are, okay, if you're on city water, don't listen to this. Okay, because you got a water bill you got to pay. But if, you, if, if you're on a, a, a septic well, every time you got to do your business, just hop in the shower afterwards. Don't waste the toilet paper. Like, come on, man. Be, be, be reasonable here. Like, just hop in. It doesn't cost you anything. You hop in, clean yourself, get out, you're good. You feel clean again. It's very nice. It's refreshing. I've done it. It's great. Um, like, that's just how I look at it. Like, stop hoarding toilet paper. Obviously, I mean, in your case, with, with two young children... And I know, you know, there was a struggle for you to even get baby wipes. Like, that's ridiculous. There were grown human beings who were sitting there hoarding baby wipes for themselves or to resell when people who actually needed them could not get them. That's a problem. There is a problem in our country when people see opportunities like this. Well, let me rephrase that. They see moments like this and see it as the opportunity to get rich quick. That's a problem. Those people should be drawn and quartered. You should have to walk past them as they're hanging from a light pole in the street. So as a reminder of, don't be that guy. Seriously. You're right. Don't be that guy. To look at at baby wipes, and they're all out. Luckily, I I have enough. But right now, I mean, but only for a certain amount of time. This thing stays another month or two, then I'm gonna be in trouble. So because people um, that don't even have babies are out there buying baby wipes. Hey man, if this uh, thing stays another month or two, you call me. Well, you're gonna you're gonna bring me some baby wipes. Yeah, for some reason I've got like a box of them. Uh, I don't know where they came from. I oh I know where they came from. I know where they came from. That that kid ain't here no more. That kid's out in Colorado. We're good. Yeah, but yeah, I've got a box. All right. I love some baby wipes now. Things are like yep, toilet thanks. paper and baby wipes are like gold. Uh, oh, no, so yeah, like toilet are paper. I accidentally went to the store like three days before the so-called shortage and bought like a brand new, you know, I bought like, the 12-pack of toilet paper because I'm like, oh, this will, you know, be good for like two months. Um, and, of course, now everybody's like, that was some great thinking. I'm like, what, to go grocery shopping on Tuesday and not on Friday? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's people that knew about this that got ahead of it, and they went around from state to state. It was two or three people. All the hand sanitizer and was a, Yeah, they were getting all the hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and things like that. And mm-hmm. they, they went on Amazon, they were selling it, and they got shut down. So thank you to Amazon for doing that. Um, yeah, those but, people should go but to prison. waiting. Yeah, they should. They should go to prison. I mean, if we're going to be civilized about it, again, drawn and quartered. People won't commit those crimes if they know they're punishable by death. Just saying. 
Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to get away with that, but let's let's talk about some positivity with it today. I mean, just looking at yeah. the numbers, and uh, I'm pulling them up today. I mean, we're already at a total of 9,600 deaths in the country, 9,616 to be exact. Um, but there's only 594 new deaths in New York, and I say only. I mean, I'm not trying to be. Those are bad deaths. It's dropped from yeah. yesterday and then from the day before. So the number of hospitalizations, the number of deaths are decreasing. That's what you want, right? We want to see less people hospitalized, meaning less people die. Mm-hmm. Both of them are coming mm-hmm. down. I think New York, I don't think next week's going to be terrible for New York like everybody's predicting. I think I can do math. I can look at graphs, and I can tell you, you, you have to look at these other countries, too, and mm-hmm. look. Um, but I think New York's on its way to getting better again. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. But what worries me the most, Jonathan, are states that haven't gotten it all yet. Are they going to – is there going to be a fire just like New York? And I think if people are doing social distancing earlier, and I think since a lot of places aren't as dense as New York, of course, but how can we limit those? How can Because if a couple more hit in a few weeks, and it looks like this thing's just going to pop up all over the map in two or three weeks' time, we're not going to have any sports. Um, I'm hoping that by the end of April, we're kind of out of the woods. And I don't think we're going to have anywhere near 100,000 to 150,000 deaths. Uh, I just don't hmm. see that. But your thoughts? No. Um, I mean, look, the nice thing is that we're not in population areas that are as dense. I know a lot of people want to try and take their shot at the south. Because apparently people are moving around. They're not staying home. Well, A, like our grocery store isn't around the corner. Okay, we got the, there's a different geographic thing here. So if you're in the Northeast, um, y'all just need to shut the hell up. I want to hear from you, all right, because you killed a bunch of your own people. Let's be completely honest. Okay, a bunch of your people died and a bunch more kept dying because you kept letting people take the subway. You kept letting doctors and nurses go home on the subway or walk in the streets. They're covered in this, in this virus. Walking around New York, spreading all over the place. All right, this is not me. Okay, you guys killed your people. You guys weren't prepared, even though Italy and Spain and China, everybody had a, had some sort of a playbook before y'all faced it. Y'all knew it was a contagious virus and was like, nah, it'll be fine. Guess what? Shut up and sit in your corner. Okay, in the South, we got this figured out. First things first. We don't like living next to each other or on top of each other. We like property. We like having an acre of our own land. B, you know what we do? We go someplace and walk and we get our things we leave. It's not a family excursion to Publix. Nobody really likes going grocery shopping. Okay? We're not taking the kid and grandma and, and dad and your significant other. One person goes, gets some things, spends 20 minutes, and gets out. Okay? Am I right? Um, you know, we can actually go hiking and running and jogging and walking and bike riding and fishing and not see another person for like three miles. Legitimately. So we've got this figured out. The Midwest has this figured out. They're still kind of with their nose up in the air. Look, guys, okay, you all are used to social distancing because of blizzards. Don't act like you're don't act like you're special because you do this every year. All right. Out west, I mean look how quickly California jumped on this. Like, you want to see the difference between good leadership and bad leadership? And look, California's government calling them good leadership seems like a, a big stretch here. 
uh, considering the fact that state is so far upside down financially. But look at how low and limited their numbers are and how there is not the same conversation of this end of the world, everybody's dying thing in places like Los Angeles, which are highly populated, very densely populated. Oh, the massive homeless rate. Right. And you know what? California does not see anywhere near the same problem that New York's facing. Seattle saw it hit one retirement home and was able to really shut it down really quick. Portland, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Denver, Salt Lake City, like all these, you know, big cities all have to deal with this in their own way, and they're handling it just fine. Atlanta's handling it fine. Tampa's handling it fine. Miami's not, but there's a cultural reason there, and I'm not here for your shenanigans. Um, you know, like a lot of these places are handling this thing just fine. New York's the only one in which the world's exploding. And you know what? I look at your senators, I look at your governor, I look at your mayors, and I say, that is your problem. You guys had a leadership issue which led to a bunch of deaths. And you guys can't sit here and, and point back to 9-11 and why we should feel bad for you. That was a whole country thing. That's not just a New York thing. This one's on you. You have to eat this one. You do. New York won't, try, won't eat it, but they need to. They need to eat this one. Look how quickly Canada sat on theirs. Toronto needs to wag their finger at New York City and tell them how stupid they are. Boston needs to do it. Uh, you know, L.A. needs to do it. Because they have made the whole Americas look like fools in the way they've handled this problem. We got 123,000 people. Hey, Wells, Mm -hmm. are you pissed off too? I understand. He's in the house with me too. Um, He must have heard a dog. His nerves are shot too with his quarantine. I know, buddy. It's okay. Don't worry. He wanted to be back on the radio, is what it was. Um, But I'm, I'm seeing the numbers like. You think of 336,000 total cases in the U.S., 123,000, okay. a third are from one state, mm. one state, mm. and New Jersey mm. is right there at 37. So you take, you take New York and New Jersey together, that's half of mm. our total cases out of 50 states. So if you want to do mm. math, I got some math for that ass, like I said in that the movie. Coach Carter. Uh, <laughs> some stats for your ass is what he said. All right. But mm-hmm. look, Louisiana, these idiots out there are doing Mardi Gras. Uh, they want to know why they're spiked up to 13,000. Because you guys need to learn how to stay home on a Friday night, or, and you don't have to drink until you drop and puke in the streets. Uh, well, and so, like, here's my, the biggest problem with Louisiana. So a bunch of people in New Orleans got it. So what did the other people in New Orleans do? Decided to leave. They didn't decide to self-quarantine. They thought they could outrun the virus by going to another state. So it spread throughout the state of Louisiana. But, like, they tried to go to Texas, and Governor Abbott said, turn your car around. They're trying to come to Florida. And Governor (laughs) DeSantis is saying, turn your car around. Like, like that, that's the problem with Louisiana is that those people are spreading it because their own leadership, again, a failure in leadership here, uh, had, would not shut everybody down and, and restrict them. 
Well, I'm shut down here. My my family is in Tennessee, northeast part of Tennessee right now. Mm. Safe and sound. Daycares are closed. Um, we both have to work. Thank God we're working. But mm. I'm separated from my family. I had to make a decision Friday night whether I was going to chance it and drive through to Tennessee. They have a at home, too, just like Atlanta. Okay. I could see me hauling up to Tennessee with a Georgia tag. They're going to have shotguns or a tank and blow my ass away if I'm, I'm coming in there too much. I mean, that's how people think about it. Just like you said, get out. You're not coming in here. Mm-hmm. You're from a hot spot, really, and Georgia is considered a hot spot. They're having some different things. But, you know, $1,200 ticket, you're caught out up to that. Um, but my, my worry was I got to Tennessee and then I couldn't get back to Atlanta where I need to work. Right. So you see what I'm saying? So I could be I could have a fourteen day quarantine in Tennessee if if I'm not careful because they'll they'll run your tag or whatever and you come back through and they do it, you're staying put, you're not leaving. So Georgia right, right, wouldn't right. have me back. And I think I think if a lot of states would get that strict with it and I think they're starting to. Um, mm-hmm. Just to say, no, you're not coming. You're not coming in. I'm sorry. Unless it's a dire emergency, you're not coming in. And if you do come in, you're not leaving. So, oh, you know, I mean, look, my mom got new neighbors this week, from, and they're, it's a family of people from New Jersey. And i got to be honest with you, everybody in this neighborhood turned their nose real quick at them, real quick at them. Because you know exactly what those people thought. You know, let's both out. We're going to go rent a house in New Jersey and in Florida. I mean, it's exactly what they did. And it frustrates me because people think that they're going to outrun this thing. You can, it's a virus. You can't outrun it. You, it this is not a linebacker chasing a running back. Yeah. It's on your clothes. <laughs> it's in your hair. It's in your car. It's not coming a with you. It's taking a ride. Yeah. yeah. It's not a tornado. You can't you can't no. get in your car and go the different direction. Um, no. But New York, I mean, for God's sake, the governor there, Cuomo, whatever his name is, oh, this guy, if he would, if he would spend less time on TV complaining about our government, which he's the reason they don't have ventilators right now or masks, um, and got his hands dirty, um, he may get reelected. You know, or mm-hmm. people may look at him with respect. I have no respect for that man. Anybody that, that sits around and blames other people for their problems, regardless, I don't have any empathy for you. I could care yeah. less about what comes out of your mouth. So there's there's several of these governors out there that, you know, guess what? The mayor, too, they dropped the ball and said, we're, we're going to live our lives here in New York. This is what we're going to do. Guess what? They're They're doing it now. New York could have prevented mm-hmm. this, like you said. They, they could have, mm-hmm. they could have, they could have lessened the punch. I'm saying. I mean, it still was coming. There's so many people in that place that come from all over the world. If anybody you could have cut the mortality rate in half. Could have cut yeah, the mortality rate in half. At least half. Because they, 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 they and there's tweets said, out there. Like he, he put tweets out there about. Remember when uh, Trump blocked the China, the flights to China. And he was like, that's racist. How dare you do that? Yeah. And it's like, now looking back, it was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And it's like, no, you shouldn't have said that. Like, it that's was amazing. probably got like, him reelected. The, the, the politics of how this has played out has been the most frustrating. 
because when some w- w- when anybody tried to jump on this early, they were called racist, so then they ju- they scaled it back and pretended that it wasn't a big deal and became a big deal. Then they weren't adv- they weren't uh, you know advanced enough and and preparedness for <laughs> the politicization of this whole thing is what's bothered me probably the most out of anything. Because politics has nothing to do with it. The virus does not care if you vote red, vote blue, or vote green. It's going to kill you regardless. I agree, man. I'm, I've, I have to quit watching the news at times because during that time, of yes. the relief package was being signed. Nancy Pelosi was uh, trying to get something uh, to help the Democrats, and it had nothing to do with the coronavirus. And these people that are out of work and these small businesses that are closing their doors, she delayed it a week. So imagine oh, you mean like, important. Like how I mean, the Kennedy what? Center got all that money and then laid off all yeah. the musicians? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's just like mm. this is not political. This is not Nancy Pelosi's fault it's here. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. Nobody's fault. <clears throat> it's, the bottom no. line is. Our experts in, in, in viruses and pandemics was misled by China. And, I, and here's the deal. I mean, you're not in China. They won't let anybody in there hardly. You have no mm. – we were late to the party because China didn't tell um, our leadership and our government. But when, as soon as Trump – Trump didn't take it as serious at first because the doctors were saying this is not – I've got tape of that. This is not going to affect – the United States right now, it looks like. Well, what is he going to do? He's going to watch, wait, and listen. And as soon as he saw it, he put the ban on there, and they called him a xenophobe, a homophobe, a, a fearmonger, a racist. I mean, all this stuff. But had travel not been banned from China, you're looking at, like, I, I do believe at least a million would be dead. I mean,. I honestly don't know if the numbers would be if the travel ban hadn't been enacted Um, because it's – the numbers aren't complete as is because we haven't tested everybody. Uh, We – you know, I think that's part of the thing is that these numbers are kind of an incomplete document at all times because you have to test everybody every week to get a complete number, and that's never going to happen. so, you know, but I will say that you're right. There were, there probably would have been a, a significant jump. I mean, people forget at the same time China was starting to ban the American journalists and was having, were having them all kicked out of the country right around when this virus really started to turn. Uh, this is the same country where media reports are saying that in the Wuhan province alone, 46,000 people have died. And China has reported... Last I checked, at least 48 hours ago, but last night, China wasn't even at like 100,000 cases. No, they were right now they're 81,000 cases with 3,300 deaths. That's impossible. They haven't released their full numbers, and that's that's a problem. I would really really like to have China's numbers on this one just to see – what their curve looked like, um, uh, especially you know when they enacted their stay-at-homes and and whatnot. Um, how, you know how long it took for it to somewhat peter out, if you will, on their level. But you know, because I, I don't care about the raw numbers of, well, you know, 
they had 400,000 people die, whether they died from the virus or because the government decided to just wipe them out to make sure that, you know, the virus didn't spread any further is a whole nother matter. Um, but I just want to see how their curve worked, what, how long, um, you know, it took with each step uh, to get the number to reduce less and less every day. I mean, China's dealt with this before. This is, you know, the son of SARS, if you will. And, you know, SARS was the thing they dealt with from 02 to 04. I never really got to our side of the world. Um, had a much higher mortality rate than this one did, which I found to be quite interesting. Um, and, and, you know, MERS, obviously, is a cousin of this one that they've seen in the Middle East that appears every three years. That's why you've heard Dr. Fauci say that this thing could be cyclical because MERS, which was it, 2012, 2015, 2018, it, it has been showing up um, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and whatnot. So, you know, I mean, it's this whole thing is something I will say that one thing that's kept my sanity is people like NBC Sports and ESPN and Fox uh, re-airing old sporting events. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the 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 Florida State Auburn national championship game was on oh, ESPN not that long ago. Be quiet. But look, man. Hey, uh, hey, I, I still can't hey, watch no, it, man. I still can't do it. I can't do it. The, the, you can like the best part where the Auburn fans that showed up on Twitter get being really mad that Florida State fans were watching this and enjoying it. What else are we gonna do right now? Seriously, guys, yeah. like was your season not cool enough? Could you not let us have our moment? Look what you did to Georgia and Auburn. Like who cares? What a year with a with well, with a with a a, 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 a JUCO defensive back at quarterback. And somebody who's clinically insane at running back. You guys had an amazing year, and you stole our you stole our offensive signs. Like that was just fantastic. Anyways, um, the Rose Bowl. And the, that was the, and that the was Vinci. one of the best Florida State teams of all time, right there too. Ever. Actually, that was ever. Auburn was like a ten and a half, eleven point underdog in that game. So that should tell you how good Florida State was. Auburn was the best team in the SEC, the hottest team other than Florida State oh, in the country. I mean, they oh were rolling. God. I'm talking about – The momentum you guys had was game. insane. Yeah, I mean, I after mean, beating Georgia and Bama the way we did, to come back and beat Missouri, just to skull drag them up and down the field, I mean, 10 and a half points, I took it against against Florida State. And, and I'm telling you, I go back to that game, and I you can ask my buddy. I was on the phone with him. They're going to fake this punt. I think if you didn't take yeah. the punt and you punted it, it's 28-3 to three at halftime. Yes, it is, and it's over. Yeah, it's over. That's it. There's but no coming 21 back to the 10 20, at halftime. Scores. What was the halftime, 21-13? Uh, 21-10. I think we kicked the field goal right yeah. after the half. Yeah. Yeah, God, no, it was that 20, was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was 21-3. to three. The fake punt happened. It was 21-10. Yep. In the half, and yep. then Florida State scored on their, I think their first possession, and then we knew it was on. I can't remember, but I just all these Auburn fans are stupid. They're like Trey Mason should have fallen down at the five. You you can't take a touchdown off the board, guys. I mean, it's there's no guarantee you're getting in that end zone. I mean, Florida State, yeah, they're tired, but there's a difference when you when you've got a lot of room and you get down to the five. Do you agree with that? If you're Trey Mason, you have to score. I mean, you. 
you have to score a touchdown there. And if you're down by two uh, and you have a great kicker, I could see how you could fall down and eat the clock and kick the field goal and end it. But the way Auburn's defense was playing in that second half, they did score too quick. Um, well, I mean, but, so I, 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 you never leave it to the kicker. I mean, you and I both know this just from watching Alabama uh-huh. and how often they've tried that and it's backfired. You never leave it to the kicker. I don't care what it is. Okay, we blocked an extra point against Miami like three years ago that we had no business winning that game in all reality. Okay, but we blocked this point we won. Don't ever settle for the kick. If you want to get mad because you left too much time on the clock, that means your defense wasn't good enough to begin with. Let's be completely honest. Yeah, and you, and, and even, I'm telling you right even now. Even in 2010. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I'm telling you, when, when, when Trey Mason scored that touchdown, I looked at my uncle and said, Jameis is going to go throw the game when the score right here. And it was like, is there too much time? And it's like, no, it's just been that kind of a season. There's no way we lose this game. You guys could have left seven seconds on the clock, we would have scored. I guarantee like, that, that was just how that year was, was for us. And that because, kickoff well, return for y'all was huge. I love that play, but, like, one of your guys blew a hammy. Yeah. The yeah. lane that Whitfield takes uh, to get that return, your guy blows a hamstring. Like if if that uh, if that if that defender for you guys doesn't blow his hammy, we don't have that lane. It's a it's it's obviously very different game. Maybe you guys have the last possession of the game because it's so low on time. Um, I mean that that game was phenomenal. Oh my god, great game, great game, great game. You know you know what game was on was Texas USC the 2006 Rose Bowl the national championship. Um, do you like, like, so I got to be completely honest. Um, 11 year old me fell asleep, um, with like five minutes left in the game. So I missed, yeah, so I, I missed the two touchdowns live. Now, obviously I've, I've rewatched it again and again and again. That game had so much in it, and that game was really good, too. Um, like, yeah, the amount of talent on that Florida okay. State team. I, yeah, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I was 11. There was no way I was making it. Fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. But, like, the amount of talent on that Florida State team was really impressive. The amount of talent in that Texas USC game was stupid. I mean, USC's yeah, three-deep receiver, their tight end, two-deep at running back, their quarterback, half their offensive line, half their defensive line, all three linebackers. Texas, like, half their offensive line, their top running back, two-deep at receiver, their quarterback, their entire secondary. Like, the amount of talent in that game is mind-blowing. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, most championship games are, but you usually don't see that kind of talent on – on the field at once. And I, I go back just real quick before we get off here, the Auburn-Oregon hmm. game that I went to, national championship, where Michael Not Byers didn't score, down to the, didn't, didn't score down to the one-yard line. Or it looked like he scored. They reviewed and they put him back at the half-yard line or something. Mm-hmm. You know how nervous I was that we were setting up for a field goal? I mean, oh, like, to win the national championship, I'm sitting there like, this kicker hasn't missed all year. And here we are. It'd be a hell of a time to miss. That's, as an Auburn fan, that's how you think, man, because you've never seen one live. I mean, we won one back in 57, 
but we've never seen one live. We got screwed in 04. We should have been there. Yeah. Over Oklahoma, yeah. would have beaten Oklahoma. I don't know if would have beaten USC, but it would have been a great game. Um, that would have been really fun. I think Auburn's close to getting back to that. They've never been to a playoff. And I think in the next couple of years with, with Bo Nix, you're going to see him back. They're going to get in the playoff. Um, it's going to be tough. <laughs> but here's the good thing about this year. Let's not have fans mm-hmm. go. That way when Auburn goes on the road, they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about a crowd. Every game is a neutral site game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, really, it is. No, no fans. Nope. You know, that's, that's now, why I, I got I Alabama quarantined real quick. Is, is, is I want to see said, Alabama hey, struggle. You get in your house or there's not going to be any football. Right? But, like, do you want, I want to see Bama struggle in a game where there's no fans. Could you imagine actually being able to hear Nick Saban throw a, t- a tantrum? Oh, my God. Mm, see? I can hear him on the sideline with the full 100,000. It'd be pretty ma- – I mean, it'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, the governor of Alabama, that was, that's a good, that was a great comment. Stay home. Do you want football or not? Yeah, that's all it took. Yeah, you, want, you don't see a peep out of the trailers in Alabama. They, they locked nope. up in there. they they're beating their wives and slapping their kids around. But other than that, they're... <laughs> Ryan start, can say that. He lives to... there. Yeah, exactly. I'm from Alabama. I know it's not like that. I'm just joking. But you, you threaten football. <laughs> you threaten to take away football from, from people from Alabama. They'll do whatever you want. Jail doesn't matter. These guys mm-hmm. care less about mm-hmm. going to jail. They could care less. It's okay. But if you take away their Saturday college football, uh, they will they will listen. Mm-hmm. The governor, good job. Tuberville would say, if you don't get in the state, we're going to go ahead and forfeit and give Auburn all the wins, and all the Bama fans will go running back, go hiding. And, so, anyway, well, Jonathan, well, thanks for joining us tonight, man. We're going to cut out. We're not going to go two hours tonight because I do have to work tomorrow, and um uh, I need my beauty mm-hmm. sleep. Oh, but for we, sure. We're going to get back on once a week. We're going to get back on once a week, and it'll be on Sunday nights after the, the babies are down. Um, I don't know how yeah. long they're going to be away from me, but but uh, we'll be going back again probably about 8 o'clock or so on Sunday nights, maybe 8.30 Eastern. That's all right. Okay. We'll go to once a yep. week until the season starts. Sounds good, bud. All right, buddy. Have a good one, everybody out there. Stay safe, and uh, God bless. Keep everyone and keep this country in your prayers. If you're sick, stay home, or I will find you.